Hariom, and welcome to Thinking is Free, proudly brought to you by Chinmay Mission New Zealand. Hariom, and welcome to Thinking is Free. My name is Akash, and today we are joined by Ishanji. Hariom. Just before we start, I have to, I have to um, just acknowledge the, the space we're in. And we've, we've moved into a new studio. Um, and yes, it's just nice to have um, this podcast be the first, first recording in this space. Yes, it is. I think it's quite, quite special. Yes, auspicious thoughts for an auspicious place. That's right. <coughs> okay, so today we're going to keep continuing on with our... Um, thought flow. That's right. <laughs> thought what? flow in terms of how we spiritualize our relationships. And just to recap on what we've been discussing so far is that us as human beings, we are social animals and we need to... Well, we will a, relate. That's right. Yeah. We will relate. Relationships are unavoidable. Yep. And what we've also been discussing is that happiness comes from within. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way what, what, what relationships come down to is how we understand ourselves. Yes. We need to understand ourselves first to be able to relate to the world outside yeah and I, th- I think that's quite unique when we look at the way spirituality approaches relationships normally the focus is on the other person trying to under- understand the other person better um, whereas religion and spirituality says no understand yourself better and you'll understand the people around you yeah. better yeah just makes life so much easier you know like rather than looking outward for the solutions everything's already inside yeah and it's that lack of clarity about what's happening with myself and my mind which creates confusion in what's happening with the world outside and in other people's mind yeah and so today what we want to talk about is again how we further spiritualize ourselves in our relationships and um I think talking about how talking about love and attachment or the detachment that comes around it, mm-hmm. um, and then if we get to it as well, um, forgiveness and letting go. So there's the relationships are created, but also can be destroyed. Like I'm, I'm thinking in the sense of your best friends with someone for. 10, 15 years and that relationship comes to an end just because it has to. Yep. But then the baggage that comes with it. I think what we were discussing earlier is that, you know, love in relationships, there is a lot of baggage that comes with it and we're not really taught how to manage that. Yep. So according to you, what do you feel is the baggage that comes along with love? There's the f- first is dependency. Uh huh. You know that when I see this person, they make me happy. Yeah. And then alternatively, when the relationship comes to an end, and if it ends 
on a sour note, the thought or just seeing this person brings me grief or discomfort. Yeah. Or also having loved someone so much and they die. Yeah. How do we then, you know? Process it. There's a lot of baggage that comes with that. And mm. for for some people, they haven't processed all of this and then they, they carry that around as well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So, so I guess, would it be fair to say that with every relationship, um, yes, there is love, but there's also a sense of dependency. There is um, a longing. There is insecurity. There's fear that comes along mm. with it. Yeah. And unfortunately, it's these negative aspects of the relationship that sour the beauty of what love has to offer. Yeah. Um, and it seems almost unavoidable um, the way we are at this point in time. So the, the question is, can there be love without attachment, without pain, without jealousy, without insecurity? What do you think? And then I'll, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll take the spiritual um, take on it. But what are your thoughts on it? When you ask me that, I'm trying to think of different, the different stages of life that I've been through. You yeah. know, so as a as a child, I depended on my parents for that love, comfort, for them to raise me and protect me from the world. Yeah. And then, friends, friends. You know, they they make you feel like you belong in this tribe, and now having being married as well, mm. you know, there's that companionship. Yep, that you desire and you seek. Yeah, and then I think also when you get old as well, is you need your the help from your family to look after you. Yeah. So. Can can love be without attachment, without pain, without jealousy, without insecurity? You've got the answers. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's think. Let's think. Um, as as we said, to improve our relationships with the world around us and the people in it, we need to understand ourselves better. So as long as I consider myself to be this body, this individuality, who is a standalone entity trying to seek fulfillment in the world outside, the base thought is it's me against the world. Mm. right? It's me against all these people and we are all trying our best to be happy. And it's a constant competition. And because at the base of all transactions is this sense of insecurity, the sense of fear, it pervades through every aspect of our life, including love. So just as an example, there would be like a child needing comfort. 
um, someone seeking or wanting or needing to be in a relationship mm. because they think happiness is within that. From that person. From that person. Yes. Yeah. Right. So yeah. for a child where, and it's, it's just a natural understanding. Um, and by natural, I mean not very mature, mm. right? For yeah. a kid, a mother is a source of protection. Um, family is a source of protection. And it, it feels safe over there. But if I keep on holding on to this idea that I am an individual and I need protection from the world through these individuals, my thinking is still relatively childish. It hasn't changed since birth. And we may say this is natural. Yes, it's natural, but does not make it correct. What spirituality offers to us is a deeper understanding of ourselves, of who we are. And when we understand that actually I'm not this body, I am this jiva, the soul within the body, then everything that governs the well-being of this jiva is very different to that which governs the well-being of a body. The well-being of a jiva is governed by its own actions, not by the world outside, by its relationship with the Lord based on its karmas, the actions that have been done in the past. So it's not, it's no longer about wanting security from the world outside, but it's all about have I done the right action? And if I have, I need not worry about the world outside. Everything will look after itself. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, in terms of security or wanting that permanency in life that we all seek, the jiva seeks that permanence or finds that permanency with its relationship with the Lord. The one true relationship as we pointed out in the last episode that as a jiva, my true one true relationship is with the Lord. All other relationships are only with the respect with respect to the body. So with different bodies, I'll have different parents, different siblings, different offspring. Mm-hmm. All relationships will change when the body changes. And so all these relationships are tempor- temporary. They keep on changing from life to life the one true relationship that is ever constant is that with the Lord, with totality. And so my emphasis is now on that permanent relationship rather than these temporary relationships which are fickle by nature. So understanding the nature of relationships with the world outside and the more permanent relationship with the Lord, it's basically I make the smarter investment of Mm. you know um, relating more strongly with the Lord and it's not that I don't relate with the world but I understand its true nature and I'm mindful of it so it's not that I seek security or permanency from that which is impermanent I understand that it's impermanent and I relate to it accordingly and from the standpoint of a jiva we are all jivas 
We are all embodied souls seeking that permanent happiness, that inner happiness, peace, fulfillment. And my relationship with everyone else is we are all seekers on the same path. Let me help others if I can. Let's do the best we can to be good to each other, um, bring out the best in each other and help each other fulfill the goal of life. And with that understanding, life is a lot more beautiful rather than me depending on the people around me for happiness, for security. Um, it, it just g gives rise to a lot of pain and jealousy in the long run because now it's, hey, this person gives me happiness, no one else can cast an eye on it or mm. this is mine, do not come here. Right? Um, and that's the source of jealousy or pain is when I find happiness in a person but they leave me and they go somewhere else then what about my happiness mm. now yeah. other people have it I don't have it it's just a misunderstanding really speaking how, about how I see myself um, and understanding that I am not different from others that we are all, in fact, that jiva alone, we learn to recognize ourselves in the others. And that is what we call as love. Love is nothing but identifying with the other. Where we see ourselves, a reflection of ourselves in the other, and we are able to relate to them so completely. When we... Associate with another person out of some need. It's not really love, is it? It's just a transaction. It's like, I give you yeah. this, you give me this, and we'll just be happily together. You're just fulfilling each other in the sense of the incompleteness that is perceived. It's. I was going to say, it's quite hard to kind of think about love in this way where on on a general basis you know like what we see in movies and entertainment and social media is a very romanticized and well, incorrect <laughs> yeah you know and, and yeah. that's what we're constantly taking in so we feel that this is what love is you know like i'm yeah. just taking an example yeah February 14th, Valentine's Day. This yes. is the one day I'm going to buy you all the gifts. I'm going to do this. I'm going to be nice to you. Da, 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 da. Yeah. One day out of the whole year. And if you don't do that, if you don't do that, yeah. you, don't, you don't love me. Yeah. Right? And if you do that, you love me. So our love is, there's a big if in there. It's mm. conditional love. Yeah. It's not a pure emotion. It's It's not pure love. It's not accepting the person for who they are. It's about what I get from them. So, yeah, it's true. And this is all we get fed from the world outside. It is natural, but it's more primitive. It's not an evolved way of thinking. And spirituality is about evolving, understanding things more deeply, more completely. Um then it's okay, you know, um, most people function at that level. We're not putting them down, but is that where I want to be? Perhaps not. If I want 
if I seek solutions, if if I seek a better way of living, I need to make those changes in my own thinking. Because what about the the term "you complete me"? <laughs> you complete. Yes. Or when when someone leaves us, there's a you know I'm heartbroken. Yeah. There's a there's a void left in me. Yeah. See, these are all popularized by society from a very primitive understanding of ourselves that I am this body or I am this mind where because it, it, it does hurt you know when someone leaves yeah you do feel people people don't want to get out of the bed they'll they won't eat you know but that's because of my understanding of myself mm. But in that time, in that situation, so it it's is hard. It when, is when it actually comes to walk the walk. It it is. Just recently, we were talking about in one of our classes. We were talking about this whole idea of karma siddhanta, the law of karma, and how it looks at birth and death. And according to that, birth is nothing but a change of clothes, and so is death. Right, so this jiva, the soul, the embodied soul, takes up different bodies, like a person changing clothes, just to fulfill a particular need. So every body, the cross body, allows the jiva to experience certain experiences. So the example Gurudev used to give was: when you go to the shower, you don't put on a suit. Right, mm. you undress. Yeah. Right. Neither do you put on a suit when you're going to bed. It's only when you go to work or formal function then you put on a three-piece suit and a tie and you walk out with that kind of clothing. Mm-hmm. Similarly, the jiva puts on a garb, a body, to fulfill the needs it has, and when the need is over. It discards that body and then picks up another body. The jiva does not die; mm. it's just changing clothes. Yep. Right. Now, so we were discussing this, and a person said, "But this is hard, and I can understand that it would benefit people when they are in this depressed state where they feel that they've lost someone." To understand that, really, the jiva has just carried on; they haven't died as such. Mm-hmm. And I said, "No, it won't help them come out. If the understanding was there beforehand, it would stop them from getting into that situation to begin with. Mm. It's always harder to pull ourselves out once we are in there, because we have already been overwhelmed by the emotions of the mind. We're so connected. To we are so that uh, yeah. Feeling and yes, yeah." Right, so it's often said that there's this very beautiful quote um, that we can, I've come across: "The more you sweat in peace, the less you bleed in war." And the idea being, with spirituality, when times are good, if you put in the hard yards and understand the central theme and the message of spirituality of Vedanta, then when tough times come along, you'll be better off. But if you try practicing Vedanta when times are bad, only, 
chances are you won't make it through mm. because the homework was not done. I did not sweat enough in peace. Right? So I bleed a lot more in war when when times mm. are challenging. Yeah. So the idea of these um the point of discussing and thinking these ideas is not to help us get out of a situation but to stop us from getting into one to begin with. And as you said, when we are already in it, it is so hard and that's absolutely true there's no denying it. Yeah. But it's equally true that situations pass and after a while we look back and think god what was i thinking mm yeah right? and yeah. It, it may take a few weeks it may take a few months it may take a few years but a time definitely comes when we feel that event which overwhelmed us at that point in time was so insignificant now so then how do we love with detachment So we, we, according to spirituality when we say love it is with detachment right right um you can truly love a person only when you're detached when you're attached to a person there is love but it is covered by so many conditionings mm um that we don't really enjoy the benefits of love over there we only see the negativities of attachment and jealousy and what pain are the, what are the conditionings it's up to each individual whatever right. conditionings we put on ourselves mm. as you said if i get a gift on valentines day yeah. then i you love, love you me. and yeah right I or you you if me. you do this for me then i love you yeah right or if a person looks l- such and such or is so and so then i love them or else i'm not interested in loving them mm. it's superficial yeah the conditionings are endless and yeah. it's up to each individual to determine how many and what conditionings they put on their love whereas the reality is when i see myself in everyone that i am a jeeva we are all jeevas over here we are actually one and the same that love has the capacity to envelop entire creation i i am capable of loving every individual right but we often mistake loving with particularized relationships so mm. l- loving everyone does not mean everyone's the same as my wife or my husband or my friends no there is a relating with the entire population that there is love for everyone but then on top of that when we transact with a person with certain roles as a husband as a wife as a brother as a sister as a son as a mother as a father or as a friend those relationships will have different shades and tones to it which will be absent when relating with a person you are not familiar with but does not mean love does not extend over there yeah but we restrict love to relationships where there is transaction taking place and where there is no transactions taking place there is no love that is all erroneous thinking where 
the true idea is when I identify or understand myself correctly, I see myself everywhere and I'm capable of loving entire humanity, mm. entire creation. And then yes, there will be specifics that are with certain relationships which are not available with other relationships and that's absolutely fine. But that does not compromise love. If that makes sense. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm just thinking... So to the degree we are able to eliminate from our understanding our limited um, state of being as the body, as the mind, as the intellect, and the more deeper I associate with myself, to that degree I am able to relate more freely with greater love, with care, with um, more empathy, and with a genuine desire for the other person's well-being mm. rather than what I get out of it. So when we say attachment, attachment is where I am at the center point. I am the center of focus in the relating. When we say detachment, it is where the other person's well-being is at the, the core of it, yeah. at the forefront, Forf yes. So really, when we say love, it is it should be for the well-being of the other person, right? It shouldn't be about me. Mm. So true love is always with detachment. But unfortunately, what we understand as love is more of infatuation or lust to a degree um, as to what I get out of it. It's more of a transactional um, relating rather than being able to connect to the person really. Yeah. You did this for me. I did this for you. And therefore we love each other. Yeah. Yeah. And so then in just tying in also forgiveness. Yes. As well. You could see that in this through the same way. Yes. Yes. So we'll come to forgiveness as well. So before we go there, in Vedanta, we talk about Two kinds of love. Mm. Right? Really, there's only one. Yeah. Um, but from our standpoint, what we consider as love as well, there's something called sneha, and the higher form is called prema. Sneha being love which is tainted with infatuation, or is actually infatuation, and there's attachment and there's desire mixed into it. All the negativities are present. Whereas prema is a relating at a deeper level where I identify with the other person and it's pure love. So sneha and prema. And the effort is to move away from sneha towards prema. Because both these versions of relating exist in all our relationships. It's just trying to give greater importance to prema. Mm. It's not that we are incapable of relating without attachment and desires but we don't do it that often we just need to and the more we understand ourselves to be independent of external situations that my security comes from my actions my happiness comes from how I have acted in the past and the one true relationship that I have is with the Lord which will never go away, 
I am free to relate with the world without a sense of insecurity, without with without a sense of fear or jealousy, because I'm not seeking fulfillment from the world outside. Everything that I need is already available to me, and I'm just sharing that with the world now. It, yeah, <laughs> I was gonna say it's like. Not saying what about me, but actually it is saying what about me. You know, where when we're thinking in terms of sneha, mm. it's, it's always what about me? What did I get? What have yeah. what have you done to me? Yeah, me, me, me. But on prema, it's what about me in relation to the bigger, the higher. I think we don't need to ask the question "What about me?" because it just gets looked after. That's right. Yeah, it just gets. But I think I think in the in just for the the way you know for the the people listening. Yeah, you know, it is about us. Yeah, it's about us, as you said. Yeah, us. Yeah, right, rather than me. Yeah. So um, and just to put this into a little um into context or into um, an example where how we can include this into mm. our day-to-day relationships. So for parents, you know, it, it can be doing what is right for the child, for the child's well-being, not subjecting them to conditions based upon your thinking. Where we often say you can do you can choose whatever you want as long as it is A, B, or C, right? I said the conditions for it. Yeah. We're not saying that it you are wrong, but those conditions, are they in line with what is best for them? Mm. Yes, if it's best for them, you know, those three options might be the best options for them. But have I really considered them, putting them first and seeing what will bring about their well-being? Not what will give them good jobs and good security, but what is good for their well-being. Yeah. Have I understood their swabhava, their nature? Mm. And will it bring them fulfillment? Have yeah. I thought about that? And for our spouses or significant others, we can try and reduce the ifs in our love. Right? Um, try and make our love less conditional rather than having these conditions in place that if you spend so much time with me then you love me or if you buy this or you buy that for me on such regular basis then you love me it may not even be that tangible it can be something very subtle um but we have placed conditions i know i know we're getting close to time but i need i need to touch on this because you just even in general society, you know the the five love languages. Have if you heard? no, I haven't. Right, so they say that some like people naturally receive love, and they like receiving love in two ways out of the five. So whether it's physical contact, time, yep. gifts, acts of service, and words of affirmation, mm. and we generally we we like to receive love in two of those ways. Yep. So for me, it might be, I like spending time with people and that's how I feel 
loved mm. and gifts. People presenting me with gifts makes me feel. How does that tie? I think I know what the answer is. Yeah. There's this one beautiful quote that Gurudev used to say. He's, he used to say that you can give without loving, but you can never love without giving. Right? So when love is there, it expresses naturally as giving time, giving gifts, words of appreciation, and the other two as well. So all of them are included in there. But it's... Let's not measure love with something tangible. Mm. Again, it's not looking at on the transaction. On the transaction, but that, that's not the lo- that's not actually the real love. That is an expression of love. That's right. Yeah, but expression of love can be different, and different people will express it differently. Mm. So it <sighs> because that's the way I've started looking at it too. Yeah. Before I used to think of it as oh, this person spending time with me. You know, thinking of it as just these five, but then what I started thinking is, this person's here thinking about me, what I'm going to, like my wife, you know, she thinks about what we're going to eat, you know, she's thinking about my welfare, what what time am I waking up, what am I doing, she's thinking about all these things about me that I haven't even thought about yet. Yeah. So Because she hasn't done this one thing, does that mean she doesn't love me? Exactly. That's that's incorrect. Yeah. You know, and through that, yeah, recorrecting the the thinking. Yes. Yes. And uh, again, it's it shouldn't be so much about what do I get mm. out of it. Yeah. Right. Um, because in all of those five, the focus is still on what am I getting right. out of it. Yeah. It, it's not about the other person's welfare or well-being. And mm. if our focus shift shifts onto us rather than I then perhaps we are in a better place of relating with the other person. Yeah. Um, so to reduce those conditions, to be more accepting, and maybe even this desire to change the other person, if we try and reduce that, our relating would change significantly. And all of this has its roots in a greater understanding of ourselves. Mm. Um, I don't know if we have time for... Forgiveness and letting go, or we can do another podcast yeah, some we other can time. Cover it in another one. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, cool. Was there anything else more you wanted to? No, add? that's that's it. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much again. No problem. Plenty for us to think about, and thank you so much to our listeners. Adiós. Adiós. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Thinking Is Free. Proudly brought to you by Chinmay Mission New Zealand. For more information on events, courses, server projects, and study groups, please visit chinmaya.org.nz. Hariyom.